Will you give it up for your pastor's church? Come on, I know he can't hear you, but anyway, well, good morning, New Life Church. Man, it's so good to be in the house with you. How many of you have I met? I, I was here a lot early on when Seth came up. Raise your hand if I've met you. Okay, good, good. And I expect you to treat me well during this service. The rest of you, you, you got a free ticket. But no, anyway, um, let me tell you a little bit about myself real quick. Um, uh, I have been married to this lovely young lady. Stand up, honey. I ain't going to believe we're together anyway. They call us Beauty and the Beast. You can figure out which one's which. But anyway, I've been married to this young lady for 40 years. I put up with her. Can you, can you thank me for that? Anyway. Anyway, she's, no, she's, she, you know who put up with who. But uh, been married for you. we have three grown kids, and I have seven grandkids. Come on, grandparents, in the house. Nothing like it in the world. We've, some of you won't get killed in your younger ages because they want them grandkids, I'm going to tell you right now. But um, anyway, we, I, I had planted, you know, we've been fortunate enough to plant our uh, Russellville campus, and we planted our Clarksville campus, and, and we help a little bit around the state, and man, it's just so good to be with you guys today. I got I to gotta say something about Seth and Kendra. You know, Seth and Kendra are the real deal, and I think if you know them at all, um, they are the real deal. I got to be part of the, Seth coming here and doing what he's doing here. God placed Seth and Kendra in this community for this moment in history. And I'm going to tell you, all I'm going to tell you is this. What you see, the passion, I mean, that meant passion. If you get around Seth and you don't catch a little bit of that heat of that passion, you better check your pulse. The passion on them, the heart, the way they love you and they love this area. All I can say to you is put on your seatbelts because God's going to do something. He's, he has already started them, but he's going to do something very very special here. Can we give it up for them one more time? I know they're not here, but man, you guys got amazing pastors. Well, you know, I love, how many love this time of year? I love it. Anybody still full from Thanksgiving but me? Okay, yeah, I mean, I just love this time of year. You guys as a church, you fed 300 families this past Thanksgiving. Amazing job. I love, one of my favorite outreaches that we do as New Life is the Christmas Mall, where we provide Christmas for hundreds of kids, and actually, probably a few thousand over the, the, throughout the whole state. There's nothing that gets me more excited than a parent who works hard, it's striving, a single mom. They come, they get those presents, and they put those presents under the tree. And when Christmas morning comes, it's from the hardworking mom. It's from the hardworking fam- mom and dad that have been trying to make ends meet. And just, oh, I just, I, I love it. I love that time of year. But, but what we're dreaming about, church, and, and this is what I want to make sure that you're praying, because this is the heart of New Life Church uh, across the whole state, that <clears throat> the number one thing that continues to burn in our hearts, I mean, this tug is just, it's relentless in us, is the, like where I live, listen to this, I live in the River Valley, and the 70% of my valley, that's two out of three people are not in church, and we live in a Bible Belt. And now when you take the stats up here to Northwest Arkansas, it even exceeds the stats to where I live. So what I'm, what I'm saying is we got to get this right. We Reaching the lost and the missing, I mean, the big picture of things, we got to get right as a church. Literally, our goal is we're going to change these stats I know Seth, I heard him make this, this statement. He says the first 12 months he was here, he was building the family. But he said now the next 12 months, it's time to expand. Anybody with him today? Expand the family. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about a critical success factor. There are certain things that are critical to the success of what God's called us to do. And today I want to talk about generosity. 
there was this uh, pastor, and he was explaining to his congregation uh, that, you know, they needed some extra, they needed some people to be a little bit more generous. They needed some extra money. So he said, if you would be extra generous in this offering today, he said, I'll let you pick out the three hymns. Well, they took the offering, they brought it up, and he saw a $1,000 check there um, in the offering plate, and uh, he was so excited, he couldn't contain himself, so he told the church, man, man, someone gave $1,000, would you mind telling me who it was out there? We just want to thank you for being so generous, and this very quiet, elderly, saintly lady in the back of the church just shyly raised her hand, she said, it was me. And he says, come on up here. I know you don't want to be, just come on up here. And she came up and she, he thanked her. And he says, now you get to pick the three hymns today. So she, all of a sudden she brightened up and she began looking across the congregation and she pointed to three most handsome men in the church. She says, I'll take him, I'll take him, and I'll take him. Come on, give me a hand. It was, wait, was it that bad? All right, anyway. Uh, I'm kind of known for the bad jokes, so give me a little bit of slack here. But, but Leslie and I, we, we love to be generous. But, but I can tell you, it wasn't always like that for us because I, I can remember the time that I would go to the grocery store or whatever store, and I was just hoping the card wouldn't get rejected. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, you know, just trying to get to the end of the month, the stress. I can still remember. I think I got trauma from those days because I can still remember the stress and the pressure from, from that time. And I had this passion that I wanted to be generous, but I didn't have the margin to do so. But, but thank God, <laughs> those days are behind us. And, and the truth is, God had a better plan. And over the years, we got some B-I-B-L-E, I wanted you to know I could spell, wisdom on how you know, to, to, to use and to get a glimpse of our finances in, in the eyes the way God saw it, this passion that we had that Jesus has for generosity. We began to get a hold of that, and this is what we want you guys as well. So today, we're going to talk about money, and I know that this topic can definitely be an elephant in the room. And maybe many of you, like I know my generation, we experienced a lot of abuse when it came to offering, you know, a manipulation and abuse. And I think the majority of the time, what we experienced over those years, I think pastors were either desperate, maybe they, they, they didn't realize what they were doing. But, but the end result is for pastors like myself, it was kind of embarrassing the places and the levels, especially if you grew up on TV, you know, um, Christian TV and all that kind of thing. It, it just got so out of hand. We, we, it, it was embarrassing to us. But I want you to tell your neighbor today that it's going to be okay today because Seth's going to be back next week. Let him know. It's going to be okay. No matter what, it, it's going to be okay. <laughs> but I, I want to say this, and all kidding aside, you know, in teaching this, we're not teaching this because we want your money. We're teaching this just the way I would teach about forgiveness, just the way I would teach about repentance, just like the way I would teach about prayer. Because what we want with all of our hearts, please look at me, guys, we want you to live your your best life. And one of the worst things that we could do as a church, as your pastors, one of the worst things we could do is never talk about money. But one of the worst things we could do as well is talk about money all the time. But, but listen, it's because it places a lid. When we don't talk about money and we don't teach you the word of God in this area, it places a lid not only on the church, but you may not realize it places a lid on you and on your life. So what we just need to understand today, you can just relax 
Because what we need to understand is we need to understand God's heart concerning generosity. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25 said, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be freshed. Be refreshed. But let, let, me, let me be clear about something. We have a lot of generous people in this room right now. You get this. You're living this. Please. Some of you just haven't been taught. Some of you, this is going to be fresh and new to you. But you know, Pastor Seth was telling me how somebody here just paid for the kids to go to Clyde. They paid for the transportation. They paid for all of their hotels. He's telling me about people here in the church that have sold their land and, and literally have given all the money, not like Ananias and Sapphira. He tells me jokes with me about that, but they've literally given all their, their money. I mean, he, he, the generosity here is obvious. But, but God has hardwired us to be generous. He wants us all to have a passion for generosity. And here's why. It's for our benefit. Because the, the, truth, about, the truth about prosper, to prosper means to push forward. The message translation says this verse like this. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And the truth is, everyone, young or old, the church has thrived because of faithful people of God who have given to it financially. We're here today because of them. Way back when New Life Church started, way back in Conway, Arkansas, where people began to be faithful with their tithe. They were faithful, and that's why we have 18 campuses across the state. It started with people like you who were faithful because generosity is powerful. So I, I want to make a promise to you, and, and this is from all the pastors of New Life Church. Every single one will tell you this. We will never, ever manipulate, pressure, or beg you to give financially. We'll, we'll, that we'll, we'll never do that. We'll never take scripture out of context. We're not gonna, what we, what we do is we're gonna teach you the word of God the best we can, and we are going to just be faithful to you. And I hope your promise will be like Pastor Seth said here in his video, that you will lean in when we talk about things like money. <clears throat> Because we want you guys to be excited about generosity because it's part of our calling as Christ followers to be generous. So this just killed the elephant in the room today. Just again, like I said, just relax. And what we're going to do is, 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 you know, the Bible says we're supposed to love what God loves and he loves generosity. So we're going to jump into our, our, our key text here right now. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six to 11. Look to your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. Go ahead and tell him it's going to be good. Okay, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That word actually means hilarious, in the, like my joke. It means hilarious, who I don't know. But, but, and it says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. I love what Winston Churchill said. He said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And I know many of you, some in this room, you're known for your generosity. I want to be known for our generosity. And this church 
is growing in that, in, in that reputation as well. We want to be known as a church, a church that is generous. So what I want to do really quickly, we're going to look at five things. We're going to skip from this section of scripture that five truths about generosity. If you're taking notes, number one is generosity is not just about money. When, when, you know, when it comes to generosity, man, we can be generous with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Second Corinthians, Paul says this. He says, since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. And, you know, we always go to the Word of God. The Word of God has so much to say about giving. Like if you compare it to other words in the scriptures, like for instance, the word believed is used 272 times. The, the word pray is used 371 times. The word uh, uh, love is used 714 times. But the word give, get this, is used 2,161 times. There's just something about giving that unleashes. It just unleashes God's best in our lives. Number two is generosity is not an obligation. I'll never forget because it just sticks out to me how ugly I felt. There was a man at, at our church that I, I, was, <clears throat> I was interning under, and he, he wanted to do his own offering. He was, a, uh, he was a, a guest speaker, and he took about 30 minutes on the offering. And by the time he was done with that offering, I felt so guilty. Like, if I didn't give something, like, I may be going to hell. That's the way I felt literally on the inside. And I'll never forget, I gave it. And when I left church, I was driving home that night. I was so upset. Isn't that awful? I was so mad that I gave. And, and because I felt like, like, and actually my pastor came back to us that Sunday and apologized for this guy because of how he did it. He manipulated him, how he made us feel. And I want to say that the reason why I'm sharing it with you is because giving under pressure, pressure isn't generosity. It, it's not. Don't ever be manipulated by anyone. To give. Look, look at 2 Corinthians. It's so clear here. It says, verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 7, it says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And the truth is this. Please hear me today. If you've you got to get this part, or none of this will make sense. Generosity, it's about the heart. Generosity, your heart, and your heart, now let's be honest now, your heart is attached to your money. Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Now, this is taught certain ways, and, and, and you know, I, I, I think, you know, again, you could see this, like, usually when you hear this first, you're thinking, you always will put your money to the things you love. But when you study the scripture out, it's actually saying the opposite. Now, hear me. It's saying that if you, if you want your love somewhere, put your money there and your love will follow. Now, I want you to, I want you to hear me out. Generosity leads. Heart follows. For, for, for example, if you don't really love hurting people, get with the city serve team, get with the outreach team, get yourself out there on a consistent basis with them, and you'll find out you'll really begin to love hurting people. 
Like, for instance, you may say, Pastor Mark, I don't love missions. I hear this a lot. I just, we have too many people to reach here. You know, why go around the world to these third world countries and all that? Listen, I've taken hundreds of people with me. And when people go on missions trip with you, you don't love missions, go on a missions trip where you invest your time, you're going to invest your resources, you're going to invest your talents. And over and over and over again, I see this, this principle, um, generosity leads, heart follows. I see people end up having a heart towards God. So, so let me ask you this question. Where do you want your heart? Because wherever you put your time, and you put your talent and your treasure, your heart will follow. You know, you can tell, like, where people's heart is just by looking at your checkbook. Now, you, 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 anybody below the boomers, listen, if you Google check, it's, it's, in, the, it's, in, it's, it's in there. But anyway, but, but it, it's, 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 it, you can Google it later. But generosity, it's, it's powerful. And, and this is why. And this is so true. It breaks the grip of greed and selfishness off of your life. But let me also say this. You can be generous, though, with the wrong heart. There was a pastor who their soundboard was off, and it was bad, and he needed a soundboard. So he did like any pastor would do. He got up and let the congregation know. At the end of the service, this guy come up to him, and literally this businessman says, hey, I will write you a check for that soundboard today. Then he said the famous words, but. You know, but equals sometimes being a but, B-U-T-T. That was bad, wasn't it? I apologize. But it, but it just does. Because what this guy went on to do, he went on to tell him what he, what he would need to do. Began, and everything he was telling him to do was going to change the culture of the church, was not going in the vision of the church. Listen to me, everybody. That is not giving that's not giving generously. That's giving with the wrong heart. Actually, Jesus talks about this in Luke eleven forty two. 42. He says, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. Now listen now. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Jesus said you should tithe, yes, but he doesn't talk about tithing very much in the scriptures. Where his focus on in the scriptures is on your heart, on our heart. And that's what we try to do as a church. Because Jesus knew this when it comes to money, though. He knew the number one competitor. You guys got to look within yourself here. The number one competitor for your heart would always be money. Now, what you think about it? You work for it. You earn it. You study it. You save it. And you invest it. And because everything flows from your heart, if your heart is full of God's heart, then you will crave to be generous. Because the fact is, none of us are just generous. We're, we're not generous on our own. We learn generosity from God. I can prove it to you. Go back to the nursery right now. You, you, when you go back to that, now, now I know a few of you grandparents like me, your, 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 kids have, your grandkids have dropped out of heaven and a few of your kids have dropped out of heaven. They may not be like this, but you go back to that nursery right now, you don't see, a little, you don't see one little guy going up to another little guy and say, here, here's my toy and here's my animal cookie. Freely I receive, freely I give to you. No, no, you don't, you don't see that at all. You know what? That's why we got police out here. You understand? They don't cut themselves in the nursery. They get crazy up in the nursery. 
But listen, listen, listen. I, I was just watching my little fat little munchable. I have this little fat 18-month granddaughter. I mean, you want to talk about chub everywhere. You just want to annihilate her face. I just, I, I, I'm looking at her face right now. I'm looking at her face right now. And she's going to her three-year-old sister. She's going, mine. My, and actually, she's grabbing her sister's hair going, mine. <laughs> she wants to take from her. I've never heard a little kid, even my grandkids go, yours, yours, you know? I mean, like guys, like your, like guys, your wives, right? It's our money until they want something you don't want. It's mine. My, all right, don't, don't say amen, guys. Don't go there. I want you to be able to sleep in bed tonight. All right. Anyway, listen, it's so true. When we tru- but when we truly understand God's grace, what he's done for us, it's so much easier to be generous. Here, number three. Generosity is a response. We give because God gave. I love in Genesis chapter 12, he's speaking to Abraham. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God told Abraham he would bless him and make his name great. Why, though? So that Abraham could be a blessing so that he could influence and impact others. So let's talk just briefly about tithing. Let's talk because some of you are new to God and church and generosity, but I do have another joke for you since you're looking at me funny right now. I I got it. You know, in Las Vegas, this is so interesting. People uh, can tithe or uh, put in the, the offering boxes, they can drop casino chips into the offering boxes, the gift. And at the end of each weekend, there is a brother from the church that goes around to all the casinos and cashes them out and makes a deposit in the bank. And that brother's called Chip Monk. All right, forget it. All right, that was bad. All right, uh, look, look your neighbor and say, he's 0 for 2. Come on, tell me he's 0 for 2. That second one was really bad. All right, let's get talking about tithing. Now, now, some of you out here, you're new to God. Like, you're new to this church thing and, and, and to generosity. But this is what I want you to know. For centuries, the church has grown. Churches have started, and the gospel has been spread all over the world because faithful Christians have given their tithe to the local church. Now, what is tithing? Okay, tithing in the original Hebrew just means a tenth. And what it is, it is returning the first 10% of what God trusts us with back to him through his church. Now, hear me out. Leviticus 27.30 says, it says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or, or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. Listen, it is holy to the Lord. That word holy actually means to be set apart. It means designated for another person. The tithe is set apart and to be holy because it belongs to God. Now, I want you to notice something. Please, please hear me. I said tithing is returning. Tithing isn't technically giving. It's returning what already belongs to you. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a quick example here. You're probably wondering why. Um, thank, thank you, thank you, Andrew. You're probably wondering why I'm taking this $100 bill from Andrew and I'm putting it in my pocket. Well, 
earlier on today before service, I said, Andrew, I want you to take this $100 bill, and I want you to hold this for me until I ask it for you, you know, ask you to give it back to me. And Andrew just gave it back. Can we give Andrew a hand? He did a great job handing off a $100 bill. That's a generous brother right there. Now, <laughs> now, if I would have been like God, Andrew would have handed, I would have went over to Andrew, and I gave him a $100 bill, but Andrew, I, I would have only asked for $10 back, and Andrew would have been able to kept, keep that 90 right? But, <laughs> but bad, <laughs> bad news for Andrew, I am not God, and I got to do this twice, and $200 is a lot for an illustration, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you, but, but it is. But, but listen, you, you see, you, you see the, the principle here. God is so much better. He trusts us with all of these resources, and then he just asks us for 10%. So God, the tithe belongs to God, and we return it to his house. Now, does tithing, let me me ask you a question. I, I want you to raise your hand. Does tithing save you? Raise your hand if you believe that. No, it doesn't. Does tithing send you to heaven? Okay. Now, let me ask you this, though. Do you go to hell if you don't tithe? You're right. No, no, none of it. <laughs> none of it. Absolutely. Remember, I want to make this clear. We're not manipulating. I want you to see clearly the scriptures here. Deuteronomy 14.23 says, The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. Look, look at this, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. I, I don't have enough time to teach on these thoroughly, but it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. <laughs> Some of you just perked up when I said wine. Where? Why? Where? No, shame. I'm not talking about wine. Listen, in the Old Testament, the Jewish people would give God the first of their crops. Number one, it was an act of thanksgiving. Number two, it was an act of faith. Hey, we're going to trust you. We're going we're to trust that you're going to take care of us with the rest. And number three, it acknowledges that it's all his in the first place. See, it's important for us to give God our first 10%, not our last, like I did for a season, actually a long season in my life. When Leslie and I first got married, I got laid off one day. That Friday, we get married on Saturday. Remember that lucky day? We were getting married on Saturday, and I got laid off on Friday, never saw it coming. And guys, I tell you, it was a struggle. You know, but I committed. I said, hey, we're going to tithe on, we had about $1,200 a month. I said, we're going to tithe on that $1,200 a month. But I want to be honest, it was tough, man. We had a baby, ended up having a baby coming. We, we, you know, it just had all these bills, you know, trying to make things work. And, and, and so what I would do is my, my, I was very sincere. At the end of the month, I, I always thought about, okay, I'm going to write that $120 check to the Lord at the end of the month. But to be honest with you, I, I wrote down, I batted about 500, but if I'm going to be honest with you, I probably batted about 250. I probably tithed about a quarter of the time at that time because I always waited till the end. Now you would think, okay, I got a lot better job. Um, we were doing better. And you would think, okay, but you know, I still struggled 
like, I'm just being honest. I wanted to hold on to that money till the end of the month just to make sure that, you know, like we, we got through, that, that, that we, we would make it. So I, I, w- I would hold on to it. And, and it wasn't really until I understood his amazing grace that he loved me, please hear me, whether I tithed or not. And it wasn't about me getting brownie points with God, like making him love me more or, or you know, him, you know, like me more or whatever, earning his favor. What it was about, this is what I realized. It was about trust. It was about loving him because the Bible says, now hear this, if you love me, you obey me. It was about surrender for me. Do I love and trust him more than I love and trust my money? And it was about me really giving controls of this area of my life to him. And I'll tell you what, when I did, it was so liberating. I can sing a hallelujah right now. I'm telling you because, listen, listen, Mark, Mark, listen, 90%, actually it's less than 90% because we give over and above. We give the other things. But he caused whatever I had left after what we gave, he caused the 80%, whatever it was, he did a way better job of that in our lives than I did with 100%. Can we give God a hand? Because that is a fact. And hear me, everybody. It is all his anyway. And when we think differently, you know what's set in is pride. I know that's a strong word, but it's true. It is all God's anyway. And I just thank God that he has blessed me with this. So let me say this. Here's, here, here's the tithe. It takes, first of all, this is what's so big about tithing. And this is where I struggled. It takes faith to give to God first. It takes faith that when you, you get $100, it takes faith to give him that 10. Because it takes faith to trust him that that 90 will go. If I give him what's left over, if I give him what's left or whatever I feel like, it doesn't take any faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, everybody look at me for a minute. I do this with myself. I have to. I want you to ask yourself, where in your life right now are you really using your faith? You're really having to trust God. Like, if he doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. If you're like me, a lot of times I say I'm trusting God. I'll even pray about it, but I'm telling you who I'm trusting is me. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to figure it out. And there's a part we all have to play. But the Bible is really clear it takes faith. You know why? Because when we have to walk in faith, we build muscle. We become stronger. We look more and more like Jesus. And for us to give first, it takes faith. Now, some of you, I can tell you where you're looking at me. Uh, some of you are going cross-eyed on me. Some of you are going big-eyed on me. Okay, let, let, me, let me say. So you say, Pastor Mark, you don't get it. You, 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 don't, you don't just don't understand, Pastor Mark, that, that for me to do that, I'd have to change my lifestyle. Yeah. Pastor Mark, you don't get it. For me to do that, there are some things that I really want I'm not going to be able to buy. Yeah. Pastor Mark, you don't get it. Like, for me to do that, I would have to reprioritize my life around God. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 
you will have to sacrifice something to put God first. And the truth is, and I love this saying that, that this, this man said one time, and I, I, I think it's so true, and it, you, it, may, it may blow by you. I hope it doesn't. I hope you write it down and really think about it. He said, if one first truly gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. Number four, generosity is rewarded. I'm talking about, listen, from physical health to mental health. You ever study and go look at the studies from from generosity, people that live a generous life? Look at some of the benefits. Uh, Greater satisfaction in life. More friends. Stronger relationships with people you know when you're generous. More positive outlook on life. There I go, physical and mental health. Satisfaction with what you already have. Way more satisfaction. Evokes gratitude. And listen to this. I love this part. It's contagious. And I want to tell you, God always rewards generosity. We don't give. I don't don't give. Honestly, I don't give to get. But you still can't separate tithing and generosity with God's blessings in your life. You can't do it. Because when you do, he's going to bless you. Look at 2 Corinthians. Let's get back into this, and we're going to land this, guys. It says, they share freely, and they give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. Here's why. Here's why. Hear it. And then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. Why? Here it is. So that you can always be generous. You know, I want to say this about Malachi. Many of you have heard we talk about the Old Testament where God talks about Malachi. And it says that they were cursed because they didn't tithe. And again, I always say, I said to you, I'm not going to manipulate I'm going to speak truth to you. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe when we're in Christ that we can be cursed anymore. But I will say this. Does that mean we're under the fullness of his blessing? Because blessing follows obedience and sacrifice. And when we obey, blessing is the result. And lastly, guys, generosity is about eternity. And I thank God for generous people. I like what one pastor said this. He said, he said whenever you, you give, he said, you'll get an eternal ROI, return of investment. And I want to challenge you today to be part of something eternal. You know what that is? That's the church. That's what the church is all about, to build the kingdom of God, to make an eternal impact. And it's clear in the scriptures, the tithe goes to the church because God loves his church. And the fact is, the local church, I could go on about this, is the hope of the world when we all do our part. Now, I always say this when, when I teach about tithing, and, and I think this is really important because I actually I think it's critical because some of you in this room, you have never done this. Actually, let me tell you, the national stats, 5% of people tithe in church. 
Actually, the giving in church today is less than the giving was at the Great Depression when you look at the percentages. Just to think about this. It's just, I know there's a lot of people who just have never been taught. They don't get it. And I'm just wanting you to soak in. I'm just wanting you to hear the word of God. I'm wanting God to speak to your heart on this. But this is what I always like to say to anyone. Before you ever give, look at me. Everybody look at me. Before you ever give, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Fall in love with Jesus. Please, please hear what I'm saying. Fall in love with God first. Because it's the game changer when it comes to these subjects, when it comes to money. When you fall in love with him, tithing and giving is not about money. It's you're, you're giving your time and your talents. It's not about you. But it becomes, man, about what it's about, building the kingdom of God. It comes in returning back to him what he so blessed you with. Actually, I'm excited about the opportunity to give to my Heavenly Father. But fall in love with Him and then ask Him, okay, Lord, now how would you have me help your bride, the church? Now, there's some of you in here right now, you're thinking, man, Pastor Mark, I need to be tithing. I want to tithe, but I just can't. I'm in a situation financially that I just can't. And my my response to that is, is this. God just wants you to start, like with your heart. Remember, this is a heart issue, right? Start with just taking whatever step you can from your heart. Like, like and, and let me say this, it's going to be a sacrifice. Like, there's going to be some sacrifice. D- don't get me wrong. It's going to cost you something. Yeah, but start with what? And for some of you, it may be 2%. It may be 5%. I don't know. But first of all, you surrender your heart. And then you begin to do what you can do. And as you follow God's lead, you'll come to that place where you can give the way he asks us to give. So in closing, I want to challenge you guys. Here's three things. I I, I want to challenge you to own the vision of this church. I know so many of you already do. And this is how I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm going to ask you to please pray. Pray for Pastor Seth and Kendra. I mean, just Andrew, the whole staff. Make sure that you're praying for them. And then pray for this vision. And then would you sincerely pray for your role to play because everyone has one. Number two, I'm going to ask you to, to please serve with us. Ask, you know, God, where, where do you want me to help here? Where, where do you want me to be part? And number three, I'm asking you to give what God is asking you to give. You know, on your seats, if you could do me a favor, you could grab this card. And here in a moment, we're going to worship. I'm going to give you some time to really think about this. But let me explain this card to you. I, you know, I, I, I felt a card myself. And, and if you look at my commitment, and here's the boxes. I have never given. That may be you right now. You can mark that off. I've given. I am giving for the first time. Maybe today you want to give for the very first time. I'm an occasional giver. You may want to mark that one. Now, these next three were me. I'm an intentional automated giver. I like giving online. Um, I'm trying to become like young people. I'm not using my checkbook anymore. Um, I'm a giving tither. I, I am. And the third one, I'm a generous giver. I give over and above my tithe. So just mark there wherever you're at or wherever you're choosing to be. And then the vision part is different. The vision is over and above the tithe. 
Now, Seth was sharing some things that from vision for the future. And I know he, if you were here last week, he talked a lot about it. But he was talking about things like, you know, building this giant mobile NLC grill for out, outreach and tailgates. Man, I love that idea. And this big, green, big screen for the foyer to, to watch the, the way games and then, and then to pray for each other after the Arkansas loses. I forget it. But anyway, he wants to do that so you can encourage each other one way or the other. All right, we'll just go there. And then he's talking about this adoption, foster care that your church is getting really connected to and, and, and the, starting this food pantry and this clo- um, clothing closet. And, and there were just so many, so many other things that he's talking about the next year. That vision area there is where you would put that. Like I will give, you know, whatever, weekly or monthly or one time to support the vision of New Life Church. And what this does, why we ask you to do that, what this does, it helps us to prepare for the new year. Because we, we do not lack in vision. And we have all kinds of vision that we want to accomplish. But when we see the kind of commitment we get from our church, we're able to make that decision. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and worship. We're going to have to ask the worship band to go ahead and come on up here. And while you're worshiping, you can do two things. You can stand up and worship. You can sit there with your family, your wife, your husband, your kids, and talk about this and pray about this together. And then when we're done worshiping or even during the worship time, you can fill this out to whatever level you're, you're, you're comfortable you know, no one's going to call you. No one's going to say, hey, didn't you? You said you're going to get. No, no one's going to do any of that. We just want you to follow your heart, what God's telling you to do.